Yo, 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 what up, everyone? You are listening to the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast, coming to you live and direct from Hollywood, California. This is a Dust Brothers production. That would be also the world-famous Dust Brothers, Miles Davis, Jordan Winter. This show is in 100% high-definition stereo sound. We don't just record and put that shit out. This shit gets edited, cleaned up, and put through a nice comb filter, right? Oh, by the way, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, the Korean Earl Woods, the Korean Roy McAvoy, a.k.a. the Wash Lord. Yes, sir. Guys, it is Thursday, my favorite day of the week. I woke up a little... Um, but let's get this show started. That's my man, Lakey Lake, in the background. You already know, produces all the original music for Behind the Baller. Guys, it's been a weird week. I generally don't like to record, even if I have to. I just try to get in the, you know, the right mindset. And I'm not a morning person, but sometimes it's what it is, right? So, um, and, and let me tell you why. Ryder has been having issues Snacking and eating bullshit until, you know, almost before bedtime. And what happens is he gets acid reflex, starts coughing. I don't know if he's sick because he has fucking COVID or he has a flu or something. And then what happens is he ends up regurgitating the thing, can't sleep, can't relax. And he's just, you know, Ryder's a healthy boy. When I mean healthy, he's a, he's a big boy. And he threw up last night. I got to wake up in that shit. That's just part of being a dad. You know, you just, there's always all kinds of shit. There could be other issues, whatever. For the most part, I don't worry about Ryder. For the other part, I don't worry about Kaya, but I do worry about London. And it's just like, the kids, man, they're just on one. I think I have to figure out some sort of diet regimen for them. What time? Snack time is over. And Nicolette has had oral surgery this week, so she can't really like, you know, handle the shit. And so I've been kind of like, Staying at home, figuring that out. But meanwhile, I'm taking Zoom meetings at home. I got fucking meetups. I have all kinds of shit going on. And um, that's why I'm in a fucking weird mood, okay? But it is my one-year golf anniversary today, November 17th. And um, that's not important. We'll get into that later. But on the last episode, I was speaking about my boys from Cocky Riders. And, uh, and I was talking about, like, death. And, you know, um, just being morbid and just letting shit go and just, just passing through. But I mean, shit, just random as hell. I get a call from my boy, Double R. He's the president of Cocky Riders. It's a bike club, bike set in South Central Los Angeles. I mean, pretty much mostly based in Compton, but part of my life from the early 2000s until probably, I'd say 2010, is when I stopped going to meetings and I stopped going to um, functions. 2011 or 12, I believe. I think right before London was born is when I sold my motorcycle and I hung it up because uh, I was a hooligan. Like, you know, <laughs> not no TV shit. We was really about that, you know. Um, obviously, I, I'm sure I talked about Biker Boys being based on our um, our life out here in L.A., and uh, it is a black bike club, which is fine. It's cool. I don't give a shit, right? It's just what it was. And it was just my, it was my bros. But I get a call from Double R. I'm on the phone, on an important phone call with my agent. And um, I declined the call on purpose. Text messages me. I don't really pay attention to it. I finish up the calls like 15, 20 minutes later. I go on and he's like, hey, dog, they killed Polo. 
And that's just how Double R is with me. We've been through, me and him alone, been through at least eight homies from the set who have died. One, the co-founder and president of Cocky Rising Boy, Chemo. And, uh, fuck. It's been 18 years since Chemo passed. He died on the corner of the 105 and the 110. He lived right there in Gardena. And I just have a lot of fond memories of being on that bike. You know, we used to ride out and stuff. So anyways, Polo is, uh, and I won't give out his government name, Polo is from Compton, gangbanger. Not that that's, I'm not saying it in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? He lived that life. He um, was in the streets 24-7. Um, this motherfucker was in San Diego for a while. I don't know what he was doing out there, but, you know, he would pop up here and there. And that was my dog. Like, this is one of the very few people that I had in my house when I, you know, when I had my condo in Beverly Hills. And um, it's it just crazy, man. He was in South Central, not that far from my old store. He's going to go visit his baby moms. He was chilling. The motherfucker was posting stories. And then he posted being at, posted up at his baby mom's house. I don't know if someone knew that. I didn't even think about that till right now this second. But he's posted up his baby moms. He's, he's on a cot, you know, swinging on a cot, just chilling. And I check it. It says five hours ago. And then right up to four hours ago, he posted like some meme or some post. And then right after that, Apparently, he got shot right in front of his baby mom's house on the bike. He was on a bike. And uh, this page, this street page, had posted his bike. And right then and there, I was like, yeah, it was all bad. Contacted some of the homies and I uh, found out, yeah, he, he, he died at the hospital. And I just got to say, man, my life is so different. I am so grateful for where I, where I am in my life. Fuck me up that day. Fuck me up the next day. And then... uh. I didn't really think about it yesterday too much. I was kind of too busy. Again, that defense mechanism where my brain just goes somewhere else, but I just think about, I can't imagine a lot of people on here that are in gang life, but you know, whether it be bike gang, real gang and anything, the crazy thing about cocky riders is it's 110 members. You got almost half them bloods, half them crips, half them other part essays, of course, I was the only Asian in the, in the club. And um, for some reason, we all just got along. Dudes would be in and out of jail. They got regular jobs. We didn't ask what motherfuckers did. If they wanted to volunteer, it was cool. We just got along and we all were uniform and set. You know what I'm saying? We was we was just in, in you know, aligned. And we were just rowdy motherfuckers. We just had a good ass time. And I just got to say this, man. If you out doing bad, you out acting up and you out causing trouble and you out you know, doing silly ass shit. It's like that old man video I posted, man. You fuck around, you gonna find out. How bad do you wanna fuck around until you find out? But my man G Malone, he's a rapper from LA, Glasses, he says something one time that hit me so hard. And he's like, you hang up your flag when you got kids. And this is a real crip real LAOG crip. And it's like, there might be a lot of people listening to this right now that I might be speaking foreign language to them right now, but just listen up. If you out in the set, you banging whatever, and that's your fan. But once you have a kid, I mean, you really do got to think about that. Whether they be really young 
or you get out of it because of cycle, right? The cycle of life goes back. I don't know if you want your kids to have that life too, but you hang up your flag, man. You know, one of the biggest things on the set is if you got your colors on, right, your cut, if you got your vest on, you do not run from the police with your vest on. It's the number one rule in every bike club. I don't give a fuck who it is. Steal horses, rare breed, uh, cocky. I'm not going to name everyone on names. You know what I'm saying? From when, I, when Platinum Riders was around, Rough Riders, you never run with your colors on. You just don't. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now, I fucked around and did that one time. We ain't going to talk about the end result, but, you know, motorcycles are dangerous. If anyone on here, and I'm sure somebody rides a motorcycle, it's not if you're going to go down. It's when you're going to go down. That's part of being a bike life. You know what I'm saying? It's part of bike life. And I think riding motorcycles for so long made me a better driver. And it's inevitable. Most of the time, it's not going to be your fault when you get hit. Or when you go down, whatever, it's just, it's just, that's just motorcycle life. But yeah, man, rest in peace to my dog, Polo. It really makes me just that much more grateful for my life, for, I always say like, yo, man, I'm gonna pull up, I'm gonna pull up. They got a bike for me, everything. Most of them ride hogs now too. But I just can't like, man, the streets just ain't, they ain't fucking with me anymore like that. You know, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel as welcome as I used to. And I felt welcome for a long time, man. I was all over. My boy Double R is like a fucking, he was a street rat. That motherfucker, I don't mean a rat like that. I'm saying he was so deep in the streets. She used a different word. He was just literally, because they say gym rat, right? When you're in the gym all the time, this motherfucker was on the streets. I don't give a fuck. We was on Crenshaw. He'd pull up. We'd, he'd find us. There'd be like four or five spots. Eventually, he would catch up and find us somehow, some way. And we would go anywhere. I don't give a fuck. We went to Riverside. We would do crazy shit. We would meet up on 120th and Crenshaw right there. This is before they just barely built that 24-hour fitness. Uh, SpaceX wasn't there yet. Tesla wasn't there yet. This is a long time ago. And I remember we headed out to Costa Mesa to the Shark Club. This is off the 405, right next to the fucking South Coast Plaza, Bristol Street exit. In heavy traffic at like 6 fucking p.m. And we got to Costa Mesa in 37 minutes. I don't fucking know. I mean, it got to a point where I was like, God damn. Even the dudes who was down as fuck, my boy D Nasty, be like, yo, man, fuck this. And usually I was over the front with them running. And then some days I'm like, yo, man, I'm just not feeling it. And when you're not feeling it on a bike, if you're scared, man, don't, don't be on a bike. That's for goddamn sure. But it's just sad, man. Um... Uh, my condolences to his family and his kids. You know, some dudes from Cocky Riders actually listen to the show now that I think about it. But um, thinking about that whole area, that era, you know, that I was living in made me think about Nipsey Hussle. And uh, Uninterrupted, a.k.a. LeBron James and Maverick Carter's company, they're producing and coming out with a Nipsey Hussle documentary. I'm sure it'll be fire. I don't know how much artistic, you know, um, cinematography had been in it, but I'm sure, you know, it, it'll get the message across. I'm sure it'll be done well. Um, I haven't seen a lot of stuff that they put out movie-wise. I think the Redeem team was cool. 
Um, that's easier for basketball, but when you think about Nipsey's life, it's, it's got to be poetic in a different way, man. But I just really think about those days and that time, and I'll never forget that conversation, man. I just felt like I told Nipsey, I was like, yo, bro, I never had an issue before. I remember pulling up in a Rolls Royce, pulling up in a Lamborghini, driving down Slauson, driving down Crenshaw, driving down Broadway, driving down Main Street, driving down Florence, Gage, Martin Luther King, through Lamert Park, through Compton, shit, through Inglewood. It didn't matter. I was always good. I never really tripped. I don't know if it was luck. I don't know if it was fate. I don't know what it was. But I told him, right when we were switching up our shop, I said, man, bro, I just don't, I don't think I use the word safe, but I'm like, yo, man, it, it just ain't right for me no more. And he said, fuck what you think, man. I moved to Santa Monica. And I was shocked because, you know, Nip was downtown for a while. He had a studio downtown and, and Nipsey was like, yo, I'm moving to Santa Monica, bro. Yeah, man, you know, my store's still there. You know, boom, I'm about to buy this shit. We about to finish up. He was buying the plaza right there on Crenshaw and Slauson where the marathon store is. And we had talked. And I'll never forget, I asked him about Oh boy, three days fucking later, he ends up getting shot by a dude. And it's just it's a fucking damn shame. Wade Nip was so goddamn excited about, you know, going on tour in Australia. He had his chalkboard up. He's like, yo, I got the best studio prices in the world. He had this brand new studio right there in downtown. And um, all these projects with Puma and everything going on. It just, that shit fucked me up. I want to say I think the podcast hadn't started yet. But I don't know, man. L.A. is a whole mess. And I just think about, you know, the mayor of L.A. has been announced. Karen Bass had won. I know for a lot of people, it's it's nice to see a, a female mayor for the first time in L.A. Also, a, a lady of color, a black woman had won. And salute to that. I just think that Karen Bass, some of her stances on on crime and shit ain't gonna be tough enough and i think rick caruso was like fuck this we're gonna clean this shit up we're gonna fucking have motherfuckers thrown in jail and i'm just really about protecting the streets and being able to walk down melrose being able to walk down rodeo fucking drive like it's crazy what's going on in beverly hills and on, on west hollywood this is fucking nuts i've never seen nothing like it in all my life not even during the gang bay eras and everything that was south of the 10 freeway we talking about areas where motherfuckers is not want to shop anymore. It's just fucked up. And I was on Fairfax yesterday for the first time in many years. But I guess we just have to see what happens. I do think the laws need to change. I think they need to be way more. Fuck that. You should defend the police. Defund the police. Man, shut your stupid ass up. I don't like the police. It's got nothing to do with my beliefs and anything. Look. I'm not going out causing trouble. I'm not going out there committing crimes. I'm not out there robbing, stealing. But let me say this. There needs to be harsher laws and motherfuckers need to do more time and I don't want to hear shit about prison overcrowding. Okay? People are like, yo, they got rights too here and there. And people said, you know, I said before, I said, hey man, even a murderer has the right to a fair trial. Never once did I say people who go to jail deserve to be treated fairly. Now I'm sure hope that, you know, you fucking fuck up, do something wrong, whatever, boom, you hope your time in jail is nice. It ain't nice. Nowhere in, 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 is there jail nice anywhere. Jail is not supposed to be nice. 
If you got a weed crime or some shit like that, ain't no one worried about that. We're talking about some real shit. We're talking about violent crimes, armed robbery, attempted murder, murder, shit like that. Jail ain't supposed to be a nice place. You got prison overcrowding? Who gives a fuck? Jail ain't supposed to be a nice place. You fuck up, you want to be a savage, you want to be stupid? All right, throw you in with the rest of the stupids. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be interesting. And then, you know, Trump just announced that he's running for president. People are arguing, oh, he's not eligible, blah, blah, this and that. You know what I'm saying? He's fucking whatever, boom. He lost once. He ran once, was the president for, I forgot what, two and a half years. I don't know, he got fucking impeached. Anybody listening to this right now, Democrats, Republicans, anything. There's no way any of y'all think that Trump has a chance to win. Before, I, mean, I tell you, I was delusional. I was right, boom, people were stupid, and he, was, he had a good game. This is a whole different thing going on now. That MAGA shit has died down. It's there. They're strong in their little, little army, but it ain't like, yo, you lost a popular vote twice? He definitely ain't gonna win the Republican fucking seat. That's for damn sure. DeSantis, man, look, if anything, Trump is going to fuck up DeSantis, Ron DeSantis' chances. I'll tell you that. This fool ain't going to win. But he did come out and say some shit that Duterte, former president, ruler, dictator of the Philippines said. And if anybody here that's listening as Filipino, you know what I'm not fucking around. When Duterte became the president of the Philippines, he was killing motherfuckers left and right. He did not give a fuck. They live by different rules over there. I had celebrity friends telling me that they were getting called in, do blood tests and this and that. They're very strict about drugs out there. Doesn't mean the drugs don't exist, but there was drug dealers in Tondo and all the fucking province areas. There was drug dealers being hung. This is no cap. This ain't no, oh, that's real. You saw that's no bitch. I'm telling you straight up. My boy Anton told me you drive through the fucking province you see a motherfucking shit was for the first time even in Makati which is like the nice area right you in like by the Shangri-La the, the Manila Pen the peninsula there's a little bridge from the peninsula all the way over to Greenbelt to Glorietta take you to the Shangri-La by the way I love fucking Philippines I cannot wait to go back you wouldn't go underneath this little fucking tunnel this little bridge you go underneath even going under there, it's kind of sketch. And Filipinos, they don't like act tuck nothing. They'd be like, hello, sir, how are you? They'll, they'll act super nice and everything and fucking rob you. None of that shit going on right now. That motherfucker, the dirt, they cleaned the streets up. Motherfuckers were scared. They got a prison that holds, maybe supposed to hold under 200,000 people. And there's currently 375,000 people in that jail. That shit is fucked up over there. And I'm just saying they don't want to act up over there. Yo, these guys are in jail eight, nine months before they even fucking go think about seeing a judge. Some of the guys in there five years for fucking speeding tickets, stupid small shit. They just don't want nobody fucking up. If you got some paper, you get out of it. Over here, that's true to a certain extent because you got a good attorney, but nah. I don't know, man. It, our shit is fucked up over here. It's fucked up in the USA. And we just need to fucking figure shit out because this is just this is bullshit this ain't it 
And uh, we're going to take a break, man. This is going to be, you know, a shorter episode. Not really. I don't always say that. But we always go between 40 and, and an hour. But uh, we'll be right back. Got some commercials. And when you hear the Lakey Lake music, you already know what time it is. All right. Be right back. You know sports and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs, anytime, anywhere. Bet on NFL, NCAA, or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The MyBookie money bag is a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. Just place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready for some epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up for free, use promo code BENBALLER, and claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code BENBALLER to claim your deposit and give yourself the competitive edge. It's not just sportsbook, it's a community. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? We are back. Yesterday, um, the guy, the Don, Takashi Murakami, was in town. He only came in town for 48 hours. He had a pop-up for Network with Post Malone. I think Post Malone had a show. He was out here. It's crazy. When Murakami comes to town, this dude will have eight legitimate different meetings in eight different parts of town and sometimes have four in where he's at at multiple times. So he'll go to a place, have an appearance, have to paint something, have to draw something, sit and talk for a little bit, try to take a 10-minute nap, and then have four meetings during that time he's there, then go to dinner and whatever. It's just like crazy. And I get like, we've been getting a lot closer and everything. This dude is a legend. So his fucking pop-ups on Fairfax, which is like, you know, there was a point in time, where obviously, you know, I ran those streets and, you know, that was called The Block and it was, you know, epic part of streetwear. And this is before Tyler, the creator, was famous and just Odd Future was around and we would just be on that block having fun. And it was just, I go there every fucking day. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be at work, I go back there because I live close to there. Anyways, ain't been there in a while. There's been a lot of robberies, a lot of shootings. It's been fucking all fucked up. And I just dreaded going over there. Grab my SIG. Not cigarette, I'm talking about my SIG Sour. P365, 9mm. Put it on me. Head over there. Park right in front of Flight Club. And walk down to the pop-up see all the network fam nice to put some uh, familiar faces with uh, people who do content for me network was a very small company when I started there and they are a big company now and they're doing big things and Post Malone and Murakami had this pop up had some really dope gear there if you get a chance pop up on Fairfax right next to Supreme and we got to chill he did some painting outside the store kicked it got the vibe out and he wanted to have a meeting there and I was like shit bro like discussed a little bit with my big homie Saw some people and I said, I get the fuck out of here. And um, I announced yesterday that my gold money counter 2.0 is coming out November 23rd. That is next Wednesday. Guys, we have never sold something that crazy at that price. Free shipping, $200. A thousand units, guys. Okay. First time we sold out just over a minute, 
And I didn't even think it was going to sell out like that, but it went viral. It just went crazy. People going nuts. Then we dropped it a year and a half later. Sold out in 32 seconds. Then I did the platinum counter and it sold out in about a minute. Think they were at 225 or 250. This is 200. This is a, a new and improved. It has the iced out BB logo, bedazzled. I'm going to be real with you guys. I put one at my shop. I put one at my office. I didn't have one for the crib. I gave one so many out. Motherfuckers are going crazy. Them shits are selling for over $1,000. They're inside actual reseller stores for more because if you go in a store, they'll all go to StockX. All right, go to StockX. You got to wait fucking three weeks to get your shit. If you want the shit right there, boom. I've seen them in music videos. I've seen it in Kodak Black. I've seen it in so many different music videos. Ruby Rose used it. This money counter is fucking epic. And 3000 when I know there's at least fucking 25 to 30, 50,000 people that want it. So 3,000 gold and 1,000 platinum? That ain't shit. This is gone in 60 seconds. So if you are a Twitter super follower, I'm going to do a pre-sale. I don't know if I'm going to do 50. I may do 100. I highly doubt it. But I'm going to do a pre-sale. And that right there you either keep it, give it away, think it's one of the best Christmas presents you could ever think of, or you use it. I'll tell you this, you ain't taking no L. It ain't that many out there. And that shit is just, that's just money in the bank right there. So next Wednesday, 12 p.m., noon Pacific Standard Time, my gold money counter 2.0 is coming out for $200, free shipping. You can't beat it, man. Cannot beat it. You know, there are a bunch of brands who've wanted to work with me and I've been honored. And there's guys who are very iconic in the game. You got someone like Snoop, right? He's been around for so fucking long and he's still famous. He's still great and everything, right? And he don't give a fuck. He'll work with whoever. And he can also get the gigantic bag and get the smaller bag. He just keeps a pushing and getting the bag. But there's brands that do a collab with anyone. And then sometimes by the time they come around, I'm like, motherfucker, I don't want to work with you. You know? I'll give you an example. Anti-Social Social Club was one of the hottest brands out for a while. Every drop a million dollars. This dude, Neek, was making crazy paper. Until they started bootlegging the shit. And the funny thing is, this dude would make me 101 shit. He'd make me like anti-social like, stuff. And I've known Neek since 2001, 2002 from Nike Talk. He'd make me all this rare shit. I kept it, never resold any fucking anti. He would bless me with things if I needed it. But I remember during like a time, I was like, yo, let's make some collab shit. We did some anti-baller, baller club. A bunch of people making fake shit here and there, but it was like legit. And I was like, dog, let's do this collab. He's like, yeah, we'll get it down, whatever, boom. Kept time passing on. I tried to get this dude good advice, tried to help him with a bunch of shit. Never listened. Did a bunch of dumbass shit, wasted a bunch of money. His business partner is actually a Korean dude. Smart guy, Greg, smart dude, probably listens to this show. And at a certain point, I was like, motherfucker, I've collabed with Bape. I've collabed with so many big ass brands. Do you know what I mean? Like gigantic companies, Lakers, Dodgers, Tops, Captain Morgan. I can't even think. There's, there's Snickers, like cool brands too. And like, I just went MIA and shit, right? And there's all these brands that they'll say yes to. And they'll work with anyone. 
But I don't give a fuck how classic or how cool shit is. It's not about money. It's just like, if it's too easy to get a collab with someone or if I'm like, oh, you at that level now, Ben. Okay, cool. Supreme wants to do something. Tiffany and Cole wants to do something. All right, I'm down. Because I know they ain't working with everyone. It's difficult. They'll work with people who ain't even got a huge following, but they're epic, you know, in their own respected right. But it's like, I'm good, man. For the brands that just do anything with anyone, you can just fucking pay for something. I'm straight, dog. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm just like, you know, I'll do something different. But you say yes to anybody because they're a TikToker or some shit? Nah, man. Listen, for those who like, why you got to gatekeep? Why you got to be this? Why you be that? It ain't gatekeeping, dumb fucks. It's called having standards. Okay? That's what it's about. Let me flip the script. I've been looking for Aria Price. She's been on the podcast twice. Great girl. Smart girl. Solid person. And I'm getting some really, really, really disturbing texts. Some dark-ass text messages. And that she had me concerned. Went to her IG page, disabled it. I knew something was wrong. Went to her Twitter. Twitter's active. Think she listens to the show here and there. I consider her a friend. One thing about Aria that I know is she knows I never try to push up on her. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying. A girl who looks like that and has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. Imagine a girl that works at a fucking nightclub as a bottle waitress. You got a curvy body. You know, you have a certain look. Do you have any idea how much fucking harassment girls must get from the biggest douchebags in the world? Oh, I got some money. Bitch, I bought a bottle. Blah, blah, whatever. Suck my dick. I couldn't imagine. So for her to go from that to being a partner at a logistics company that does well, she's got a lot to be happy about. You know what I mean? Be proud about. She lost her pops, what, a year or two ago? during COVID I've always fucked with her she's a good person I don't think my wife would even let me be around her if she felt she was on some scandalous shit kicked it had dinner and there was never no funny business but she went MIA last time I talked to her was like middle or late August I started getting these weird ass text messages at the end of September called her DM'd her Twitter Hit her on WhatsApp. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to put anything out there like that. And then yesterday I got like some more bad texts. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? Some other random people from Sacramento that know her getting these text messages. How the fuck did you get my number? That's what I want to know. Anyways, I went to her Twitter page the last time she would tweeted something was right before those text messages came to me. And then I went to her like tweets. And she liked a tweet of mine about sending the flowers out to anyone. Just send them out. You know, you, why do you need a reason to send flowers out? Just send them. And I went back yesterday, last night. And she liked tweets up to right before, you know, Halloween. And that's been a month after I was getting them crazy ass texts and hit her up. You know what? She's probably going through something. And I get it. It's cool. But I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I went to my super follower page. I was like, yo, if anybody's talked to her before, let me know. No one's really said anything, but everyone had genuine concern. I could tell you guys are classy people, especially my super followers. You guys, you know, you guys are good people. And um, I said, fuck this. 
I'm going to call her job tomorrow. I know the fucking logistics company. I'm going to hit him up. I don't know anybody there, but I do remember the owner's name, whatever. So finally, found the owner's name. And I said, I want to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to DM him. I sent him a DM. I was like, hey, man, this is Arya's friend, Ben. I don't know if you heard of me. Boom, whatever. But got some disturbing messages, man. I'm just trying to see if she's okay. If you, have you heard anything from her? And dude hit me back and said, yo, she's good. I'm in contact with her. She's going through a tough time and everything. And I'm not trying to put a business out there like that. It, it is what it is. I just, because there's been a lot of inquiries in the last month or so. And um, he says she's good. And I'm just thankful that she's all right. That's the only thing that really bothered me. That was like, really had me fucked up. Uh, I was just, I'm just glad that she's all right. Okay. On to some more happy shit. Seahawks off this week. They got a bye. Then we got uh, the Raiders. I ain't trying to hear no fluke shit and whatever. All of a sudden, they fucking got their ass kicked four or five games in a row and they try to come back on us. Nah, fuck that. We need to come in smashing. And uh, I'll be in Seattle for that game. Be in Vegas next week and I've been taking a lot of time off. I'm all my, I canceled two trips already. Supposed to be in Oklahoma right now. Supposed to be recording this from Oklahoma and I'm not. Um, Supposed to be in San Francisco last week for four days. Stop that too. Supposed to actually, this episode today was supposed to feature a guest from True Classic and um, have a few other people in the, in the queue. And I'm just doing things a little different. I've really just had a rough month, like I said. Irritating bullshit month. But I just really have so much to be grateful for. And um, today is my one-year golf anniversary. And what that means is I took my first lesson Swung my first club legit. Not that it was good or pretty. And not that it's pretty now. It's just a, the tempo is just much better. Tempo solves everything. And um, a year ago today, my coach, Rondell Barrio, took me on. Thanks to Stephen Mahabon. Wasn't for George Lopez. I probably would have never did all that shit. And if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see some of my favorite just little random clips of playing golf with people here and there and just people who mean to me, mean something to me. And I feel like it's good to spotlight people, whether you have 17 followers, 10,000 followers, or 10 million followers. It's good to reflect. It's good to show love to the people who've showed love to you. I've always lived by that creed of, uh, you take one step towards me, I take three towards you. Right? And it's been an amazing year in golf. It's crazy how fast it went by, but at the same time, how fast I got decent at this game. I had been playing 18 holes, a full round, actual round of golf since May 2nd, so it's just been over six months. And again, you know, I've taken almost 30 strokes off my score, which is unheard of, especially in a year. Now my next goal is obviously to break 80. And after that, I'm chasing par. And then, you know, hopefully get to a scratch handicap. We'll see. Um, and then there, we'll see what happens. Like, you know, the, well, I'm looking at a, probably a two, three-year journey where for some people, probably never, ever happened in their life, in their entire lifetime, won't happen. They could start at 25. But I think that's just bullshit. I think people just don't want to work hard enough and they just don't have the time. But it is my one-year golf anniversary. I got to thank TaylorMade. I got to thank Stephen Malbon, George Lopez, everyone at TaylorMade, by the way. My boy, Mike Barbuti. The Stranger, Trotty, obviously my coach, and just everyone who's been along with my golf journey, all the haters and all that shit. And the crazy thing is, 
I get home yesterday and the putting legend himself, Scotty Cameron, sent me a 101 Scotty Cameron circle T putter. For anyone listening to this show right now, if you have any idea how big that is, sent me two putters, three putter covers, and I know I'm fully sponsored by TaylorMade. Trust me, every single fucking employee at TaylorMade would do the exact same thing. Even my boy Bucky, who makes my putters at TaylorMade, they do the exact same thing. This is, if you guys understand, they're Scotty Cameron putters that are selling for forty dollars to $100,000. You go to eBay and try to find the cheapest Circle T putter. You can't just buy them off the rack. You can't buy them at a store. There's boutiques in Asia that resell them here and there, but there's collectors. There's Scotty Cameron head covers, putter covers that go for $10,000, okay? Tiger Woods has like three main putters. The one that his son Charlie uses, that thing is priceless. $50 million, $100 million. No, I'm not joking. The one he uses, probably 25, 30 mil. And there's another one that's at least a few million dollars. Both the putters I got are one-on-ones. One I can't show. He's making a Scotty Cameron putter for my son. I don't know if he'll be a Circle T. Both putters I got, I could buy a BMW 3 Series with. That's how crazy it is because they're one-on-ones. If you look at all the pros on tour that use a Scotty Cameron, you look at Tom Kim, Justin Tom, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, there's so many fucking... Ricky Fowler, look at these guys. You might see their initials on their putter. You aren't going to see their full name. He did that shit in a Laker colorway. This is crazy. It's priceless. To me, I'm never going to sell it. It's one-on-one. Probably give it to London, even though London's going to get his own, but had a conversation with the head of development at Scotty Cameo State for an hour and a half. This dude, Paul. And it's just wild how full circle this shit has come and how, how small the world is. And I'm just, again, grateful, man. This is just a fucking big deal. I don't think you guys understand. Think of the rarest shoe and multiply that times 20. Like, yeah, oh, you collect Jordans? Oh, you got some samples of this? That ain't shit. This is a whole different world. There's some real grown man crazy collector shit. Ain't no, ain't no bear brick in my house that I would trade for this putter or these putters. It's crazy. And speaking of golf, we're going to end on golf. I mentioned last week, I announced it for the first time. Launched a new TV show slash podcast called Par 3, starring me, J.R. Smith, NBA world champion, now golfer, and Stephen Maubon, golfer owner of fucking legendary Maubon golf brand. And uh, we start filming soon. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait to do that. Um, once we get in the flow of things, probably January or so, BTB will go down to one episode a week. I think I need it. I've been talking about running on thin and I've been running on thin for a long time. And this is just mentally. It's not mental health or mental illness. This is truly some old, I've, taken up so much that there's a backlog and I need to fucking just kind of barf a lot of shit up, right? But I am starting a new business. Thought I'd talk about it on my one-year anniversary. It is golf-related. I'm partnering up with one of the most legendary golfers in history. I'm proud to say this is going to be fucking probably one of the most exciting projects that I've worked on since I started IF & Co. And uh, I can't wait to show you guys, man. 
Cannot wait to show you guys. Anyways, look, I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys have an excellent weekend. Next week is fucking Thanksgiving. This is fucking nuts. We are like five weeks away. We're fucking five weeks away from Christmas and we're six weeks away from the new year. I, this is nuts. Your boy's about to be 50. This is crazy. I'm about to have a big ass party. I might fuck around and invite some super followers. I don't give a fuck because I rented out a space that is way too big for my general circle of people. To, I might know like 150, 200 people that I come. So I definitely got space for at least, at least a dozen. I want to say more than that, but I don't want more than a dozen super followers at my birthday party, but it'll be lit. Again, have a great weekend. Be safe. Go pick up some golf sticks, man. Go, go play some golf. Go take some lessons. By the way, guys, if there's anybody, any man, I'm sorry. I don't want to listen to a woman. Any man, any males listen to the show right now. If you've taken yoga before and done more than three sessions of yoga, leave a comment on, on, on the Instagram page, please. Because I'm like, the fuck? I'm hearing it fucking do tremendous things for my, for my golf game. and It's something I know a lot of people do. But yeah, man, that's it, guys. We'll be back on Monday with the weekend wrap-up. I hope everyone, again, has a great fucking weekend. All right, make it a great weekend. I love y'all. That's my man, Lakey Lake, in the background. We out of here. Peace. Peace.